Christos Rezdaitsya, Slavitiyaho. Christ is born, let us glorify him. Christos Rezdaitsya, or Christos Christilisya, Richi Christ is baptized in the River Jordan. This is Father Basil again, doing another podcast. Hope all of you are doing well. I'm still recovering from a respiratory illness. Hope it doesn't get any worse. And uh, this is, of course, the Sunday after Theophany that we just celebrated. And um, I want to uh, share some of my thoughts today. Um, I was thinking, you know, when in the gospel story today that we read, um, when Jesus said, you know, reform your lives, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. And what does it mean to reform our lives? What does it mean to do differently than what we have always done? And I, my mind always goes back to Peter. Peter, the you know main disciple of Jesus. Peter, the one that... Um, denied Jesus three times in his life. Peter, the one that, um, you know, basically said to Jesus when Jesus called him, you know, he said, I am a sinful man. Leave me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And Peter is a great example of all of us in this world who are human beings, <coughs> who are people of, who, you know, do sinful actions and yet are still forgiven by God. And Peter, you know, I always think of Peter as someone who had a lot of emotions. You know, we all have a lot of emotions as human beings, but Peter seemed one that's very, he, he always, he didn't think about what he said before he said it. You know, he would always blurt out things to Jesus and to the other apostles. He said, always said that what well, was the first thing on his mind. And Peter, being the you know the the leader of the apostles, Jesus made him the head of the church. And Peter had to learn about humility. Peter had to learn about repentance. Peter had to learn about not always trying to be right. You know, um, 
what what did what did Jesus see in Peter? Why why did Jesus make Peter this sinful man, this fisherman, this person who denied Jesus three times? What did what did Jesus see in Peter? You know? We we might think, well, I'm sure Jesus could have picked someone who was a lot smarter. You know, Jesus could have picked uh, uh, one of the rabbis of the Jewish faith to be, you know, the leader of the church. Jesus could have picked any other person besides Peter. Peter, this uneducated, this this uh, sinful, uh, you know, a very outspoken probably coarse and his language wasn't very refined his his language was was very you know again uneducated why would jesus pick someone like that to lead his catholic church and that's a question a good question for us to 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 um contemplate upon you know and and even in this world today, we often feel, well, you know, the, the church or corporations or businesses or whatever companies, you know, should be led by the the most educated, the most powerful, the ones that the most money, the ones that have the most uh what's the word, the it factor, you know, the ones that attract people the most, the ones that are most popular in the world. <laughs> the apostles were not the most popular people in the world. They all got martyred, you know, except for John. They, they all got killed for the faith. They all got killed because of their belief in Jesus. And what they had to, you know, they, they left behind everything in this world. You know, and there's some, I've been researching, you know, did, did, the, did the apostles actually leave behind their families? Did the apostles actually, you know, if they had children, we know that Peter had a mother-in-law, so whether he was, a widower, or was, or, you know, just left his, um, you know, wife, or, or did his wife die before him? Nobody really knows. Or did his wife travel with him on his ministry? Uh, all those questions are, you know, are valid. But what Jesus really wants from us is that. He wants us to serve him first. He wants us to, to not prioritize the world. And the world includes our families. It includes our friends. It includes our, our goods, our possessions. Jesus doesn't want us to prioritize those things. He wants us to prioritize our relationship with God. 
You know, that might, that might sound that kind of weird to you. They, you know, might say, well, why would God give us all these things of this world? Why would God give us relationships and marriage and children and all these things if he didn't want us to do these things? You know, th- th- there's that mystery where in the Old Testament, you know, God, when he created man, Adam and Eve, and he told them, you know, go out and multiply, you know, be fruitful and multiply. But what does that really mean? Does that mean to have as many sexual partners as we can? Just to have so many children to populate the world? Is that what God is telling us to do? Just to have free, you know, sexual intercourse with anyone and everyone? And this make babies everywhere? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't really don't think that that's what God is asking us to do. You know, obviously, there's a plan in place where God wants us to be, um, you know, to, to, to reproduce, you know, in marriage, to reproduce. But, you know, what, does, is it just the reproduction in the sexual way that he wants us to be you know this is another question i have well when those those apostles left the um you know left their families behind to go on the ministry with jesus you know what, what did that have a special meaning did that have a meaning that what Jesus was asking them to do was to reproduce, not just in the physical sense, not just to have as many babies as they can, but to reproduce God's love in this world, to reproduce God's goodness in this world. You know, to reproduce God's forgiveness in this world, to reproduce God's mercy in this world. How often do we think of that? So be fruitful and multiply. When God is saying that, yes, obviously he's talking about having children. That's one aspect of that, those words. One aspect is to have children and to populate the world. But that's not the only aspect that God has asked us to do. He has asked us to be fruitful in our good works for one another. He has been asking us to be fruitful in how we love one another in this world. And it's not just the sexual love. It's not just the marital love or the, that love between a man and woman that produces a, a, a child. Obviously, that's one type of love that's very important in this world. But it's it, that love of God goes far beyond that. 
that love of God means to be um, merciful, to be forgiving, to be uh, prayerful, to be, you know, uh, to do good and avoid evil. This is what that love means, you know, to do good and avoid evil. So, you know, going back to Peter, he was, you know, a sinful man. We are all sinful. Every one of us is sinful. So the, the first Pope of Rome <coughs> admitted to Jesus, admitted to everyone that he was a sinner and he needed God's help to overcome his sin. That he needed God's help to become the person God asked him to be. Right? And, you know, this is what it means to be repentful and to, and what God, uh, Jesus said in today's gospel, as I said, he said, you know, reform your lives. Reform your lives for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's saying to us, you know, if you're doing evil right now, stop it. If you're thinking evil thoughts right now, pray so those evil thoughts go away. <clears throat> if we're thinking of revenge over someone who hurt us, instead of revenge, think about forgiveness. If we, if we think about uh all these different things that the devil tries to get into our hearts. You know, the devil tempts us with, um, with possessions, with money, with sex, with power, with drugs, with alcohol, with all these things of this world. The devil's always tempting us with these things. And often we fall into these temptations. Because we are human beings. We are human, weak human beings who cannot, who cannot survive spiritually without God. If we don't turn to God, our souls are going to be ruined. Our souls are going to be harmed immensely. So, again, um, this this that message I want to us to reflect upon today. You know, Peter, the first Pope of Rome, this head of the church. Why did Jesus pick Peter of all the people of the world? Because even though Peter was sinful. Even though Peter was outspoken, even though Peter was probably coarse in his language, even though Peter probably committed great sins and hurt other people in his life, and even though Peter, 
denied Jesus three times. Jesus knew that what was in Peter's heart, that Peter's heart was going to be repentful, that Peter's heart was going to be merciful, that Peter's heart was going to be full of prayer, full of, uh, you know, asking for forgiveness for God. And this is what God wants from us. He doesn't want money. God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our, uh, you know, possessions. God doesn't even need our, you know, uh, for us to have big families to reproduce in this world. Yes, God asks us to do that, but he doesn't need that. He doesn't need us to all have, you know, millions of kids. What he wants from us is a pure heart. What God wants from us is repentfulness. What God wants from us is that knowledge that we need to rely on God for everything. That we turn to God <coughs> in every aspect of our lives. That's what God wants from us. You know, that we don't try to do things by ourselves. That we are not, that we don't become selfish in our actions. That we don't become so thoughtless of others. That we don't become, you know, so full of pride. That we don't become so full of injustice so full of hatred for others. God doesn't want that from us. He wants us to be full of love. He wants us to be full of mercy. He wants us to be full of forgiveness. Now, it took Peter so many years to understand this. Peter, you know, if you look at the gospel stories, Peter sinned multiple times against Jesus. He didn't understand Jesus' message until basically Jesus was on the cross. Peter didn't understand what his role was in this world to preach the good news to others. And we in our modern society today often don't understand God's message either. You know, the message of God can be corrupted by the devil. You know, anyone can read the Bible. Anyone could, could read scripture. But the, that message that we read oftentimes is corrupted by the devil to meet our own personal needs to meet our own selfishness, right? So we this, this is the problem when we don't pray when we read the Bible. If we're only reading the Bible to try to, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, 
we're, we're trying to make, try to have people agree with our actions that we do in life and, and try to get biblical um, uh, affirmation from it, if you know what I mean by that. So if we do something in our life, we're going to say, well, you know, the Bible said to do this, even though we don't really understand why it is written that way. You know, Jesus often told us in, in the scriptures, you know, about the legalism, that the Jews of his time were very legal in their lawmaking. You know, they had to follow each and every letter of the law. In, in, in you know, the, the Jewish law had hundreds and hundreds of regulations that the, the, the Pharisees and the, 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 the scholars, the, the, all those people who were teaching the law, if people didn't follow the law exactly, they would be, you know, isolated from the Jewish faith. They would be ostracized. And Jesus often taught against the Pharisees and the, 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 script, the, the, the people who made those laws, those little Jewish laws. And, and basically he said to them all the time, the most important law is not all these little regulations we got to follow, you know, he says the law is always in your heart. And what is that law of the heart? Love the Lord your God uh, as, the, as the Lord loves you and love one another as the Lord loves you, right? That's the scripture of the heart. Love, it's all based on love. It's, it's, it's not based on selfishness. It's not based on always getting what I want in my life. It's not what God wants from us. God wants us to repent. God wants us to, you know, sacrifice. God wants us to be humble in our uh, needs for one another. This is what God wants from us. And again, the devil tries to corrupt us in our thoughts. The devil tries to, to corrupt the way we think about God and others. And the devil tries to say, well, you know, your sin is not so bad. You know, you could sin against the commandments. You could sin against everything in life. And no, that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to follow his love, his law of love. We, 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 can't, we can't sin. I mean, we, 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 we have to be very um, observant when the devil is trying to tempt us, when the devil is trying to tempt us to do something against God's law, you know, and, and to, you know, this, this to make excuses about why we are not following God's law. 
right? This is what the devil always does to us. He wants us to make excuses about sin. He wants us to make excuses about why we do bad things in this world. You know, what are some of the excuses people have? Well, they, uh, there could be a million excuses. You know, do we sin because uh, we want to get revenge against others? We sin because we are lonely, we are maybe addicted to something, we have addictions, we have, uh, you know, we have pride, we have uh, all kinds of mental, emotional uh, illnesses, and we, we sin, and then we say, well, it wasn't my fault, it wasn't my it wasn't my, uh, you know, I, I did it because I was feeling like this, right? Well, that's not a reason to sin. That's not a reason to hurt others. It's not a reason to make others feel bad and to, to uh, you know, be um, selfish to others. We have to learn how to forgive. And, and going back to Peter, you know, he finally learned this when he was after Jesus' death and resurrection. When Jesus came back after, he, he returned uh, you know, after the third day, and he came and appeared to, to uh, Peter. And, you know, when Peter denied Jesus three times before Jesus' death, Peter, uh, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter the third time said, you know I love you, uh, Lord. You know everything about me. You know what's in my heart. You know how I feel about you. And Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed the lambs. Of course, that's a symbolism that Peter was going to be ahead of the church. And as a shepherd, as a bishop, the Pope of Rome, he's going to protect all the people under him spiritually. That's what it means to feed my sheep. Make sure that everyone is knowledgeable about God. Make sure everyone's knowledgeable about what it takes to get to heaven. This is, this is the, oh, this is the theology that starts right from Christ. Christ passed his teachings on to the apostles, to Peter, to all the other apostles, and it's passed down to us today, to us bishops and priests who. Preach the good news in, in the churches, in their homilies, in our sermons. And even, okay, this is another thing I'm going to end with today. Just like Peter, you know, Peter was a sinful man. Peter was, did 
lots of sinful actions in his life. And he admitted it, just like Paul did as well. You know, Paul, I, I'll talk about Peter and Paul maybe in another in one of my podcasts. Paul and Peter were very sinful people. They, they committed great sins against other people. And yet, they were two of the main, most famous apostles of all time. Why is that? Because God uses those people who are humble. God uses those people who are repentful, who ask for forgiveness, who ask for mercy upon their souls, who ask for, you know, uh, a second, a third, fourth, fifth, hundred chances for forgiveness. God uses those people to spread the good news. There is there's this one quote I'm, I'm thinking of in the scripture where, you know, um, the, the people who were against Jesus, and remember, Jesus had many enemies. They, they, you know, he was killed on this earth. He was, he was, uh, uh, he was crucified. So Jesus was not liked by everyone. Don't think that everyone that Jesus talked to liked him. That's not true. He had more enemies than friends. So anyways, um, one, one of these um, people who came to Jesus was self-righteous, was, was this full of pride, full of arrogance, full of uh, hatred for everyone else. And, and, they, and, and, and uh, I think the story was, you know, Jesus was, was going to these sinners, eating at the sinner's house, you know, oftentimes tax collectors, because tax collectors were not uh, looked upon very well in that society. He, you know, Jesus ate with, uh, you know, women of ill repute, you know, of, of people who, that, that adulterous woman, do you remember that story of that, uh, that woman who committed adultery, who, you know, and Jesus said, well, those of you who have no sin, you could throw the first stone to, to stone her. So, so he, he, he was always with sinners. He always act, uh, was, was uh, with, you know, interacting with sinners because he knew these sinners were the ones who were the most humble. He knew these sinners were the ones that were going to repent and going to <coughs> become, you know, the, the, the people of faith, the people who would show other people what the love of God is really like, to show other people how God works in this world. You know, he didn't go to the self-righteous ones, the ones who, who didn't, who thought that they didn't sin, the ones who thought that they were perfect in this world. Jesus didn't go to those people. He went to those who knew that they were sinners. And that's why he picked people like Peter and he appeared to Paul because they were great sinners who repented 
of their sins, who turned their life around and became followers of Christ. So anyways, back to that story. And so when, when Jesus was, was questioned by these uh, you know, people of the law, Pharisees, these uh, lawyers, whoever it may be, they said, well, why are you eating with sinners? Why are you eating with these sinful people, these people who, who are despised by other people in this world? Right? And Jesus said to them, well, don't, don't you know that, that a physician has to you know, go to those who are sick? Right? So those who are spiritually sick. Those who need spiritual help. This is who Jesus went to. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing to think about that. So, whatever is happening in your life today, whatever situation you're in, no matter how much you think you've sinned, how much people despise you, how much people hate you, how much people think you are terrible in this world, the, the scum of this earth, doesn't matter. Because Jesus showed that he is going to go to those people to get them out of their sinfulness. Jesus showed in his stories that he's going to be merciful to everyone that comes to him. This is what's the most important, all right? Turn our lives back to God. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, in that, in that gospel I read today in church, you know, reform your lives for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Reform your souls Ask for God's mercy upon you. Ask for God's repent, uh, for God's love and forgiveness. Be loving and merciful to one another. This is what we need to do for one another in this world. God bless you. Have a great day.